You're listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. North of Zero by Slip and Mickey's on AO3. Chapter 10, The Song. Sometimes a song would get stuck in his head, something old and obtuse. The Beatles, Tears for Fears, Fleetwood Mac. It would hang on like an earworm for days until he exercised the musical demon. Humming and singing it and getting it stuck in Scully's head too. Eventually, they would both start singing in their off-key, slightly off-beat way, working out the lyrics as best they could remember parrying them back and forth until they worked them out and could live in the past, in that old world with music and frivolous joy, if only for a few minutes. Today it was Eric Clapton, that song from the mid-80s that started like a gunshot, lyrics from the first note, all synthesizers and electric guitar, a brass section playing a repeating refrain. He started humming it while cleaning the rifle, the weapon disassembled in the small kitchen table, the smell of carbon scoring, and ballastol thick in his nose. William was in one of the other chairs, replacing the laces of his boots with leather cording that Scully had traded for the autumn before. And he looked up when he heard the first few hummed notes, looking at Mulder curiously. Scully, on her hands and knees with the flashlight, had pulled the baseboards in the kitchen off and was trying to pinpoint where a mouse had gotten in. They had found droppings, but the rodent hadn't yet gotten into their stores, and she was determined that it wouldn't. She gave a sigh at the opening musical salvo, but sat back on her heels and sang the second verse softly. It comes and it goes. Mulder smiled and kept humming the through line, and Scully stood, leaning against the counter, wearing a look of begrudged amusement. Finally, she started singing again, quietly. Nobody's right until somebody's wrong. Nobody's weak until somebody's strong. Mulder took over, nodding and singing with a little more gusto. No one gets lucky until luck comes along. And then, surprising them both, William sang in a clear, bright voice, Nobody's lonely until somebody's gone. Yes, Mulder shouted, delighted. Will knows rock and roll. He stood and grabbed Scully by the waist, pulling her into a reluctant little dance in the middle of the scuffed linoleum, and all three of them sang the chorus loudly, joyously out of key. It's in the way that you use it, it comes and it goes, it's in the way that you use it, boy don't you know. It felt, for a fleeting few moments, like the before time. They felt, for a fleeting few moments, carefree like a family. They were on a ridge overlooking a town, a pair of powerful binoculars liberated from an army surplus store held to Mulder's eyes. He passed them to Scully. What do they want with the bodies? He asked her, though he didn't really expect a response. Below them, in the city center, faceless men were collecting the bodies of the dead and loading them into a ship. Their group had arrived after whatever had gone down in the town, and they were trying to piece it all together. 
After what had happened to Rebecca and Jordan, Scully didn't love the idea of community, but they had hit a stretch of resource scarcity, and sometimes survival took a village. Scully gave one more glimpse through the binocs and eased back, army crawling her way backwards until she was out of sight from the town below. Mulder did the same, and they rose together, trotting back down to where Smith and Wheaton waited for them in the tree line. Mulder called them Smith and Wesson, because they had armed themselves like SEAL Team 6, though Scully often wondered if either of them really knew how to use half the firepower they were carrying around. Their trigger discipline was terrible, and it was only a matter of time before one of them screwed up and called Wheaton by the wrong name. What did you see? Wheaton asked, hands in the utility belt he kept slung too low on his hips. He'd never be able to quick draw if he needed to. They're collecting bodies, Mulder said. Which bodies? Smith asked. All of them, Scully said. Why? Wheaton wanted to know. So did Scully. I doubt they're trying to make the town look nice for the next county fair, Mulder said, leaning down to retie his boot. He'd been complaining that the pair he was currently wearing had lousy laces that wouldn't hold a knot. Wheaton ran a hand over his face, antsy. We should go, he said, and Mulder and Scully couldn't help but agree. The bodies. Why did they need the bodies? It was a question Mulder and Scully hadn't been able to answer. Even now, several years later, Smith and McDougal were dead, Rebecca and Jordan gone, and after Toronto, their merry band of survivors had dissipated like dandelion fluffed in the wind. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.